Defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Battleborn Phantom. Welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. Welcome back, hockey, really, in general. It is finally that time of the year. Training camp kicks off tomorrow. Uh, we just got over the rookie prospect tournament up in Traverse. Uh, so, obviously, that's going to be the main focus of today's episode. But it's been a while since we last recorded. You know, the off season, it's a little bit harder to record. Uh, very dry content-wise. We, we really spaced it out. Uh, this summer, you know, a couple weeks here, a couple episodes here, um, whenever me and Mitch were available. But today's episode is going to be a solo one. I do apologize for any coughing or sneezing you hear during this episode. I am dealing with a little bit of an illness, um, but, you know, I'm here for you guys and to talk Leafs hockey because it's, you know, opening week in a way, uh, especially for the Battleborn Leafs coverage here on Battleborn Fan Talk. So, I uh, can't miss it, and I'm really excited to talk about the tournament that just happened this weekend. I uh, had the chance to watch uh, almost every single part of each game. Uh, but, you know, really the biggest thing that stood out to me was just the group overall. You know, this is a team that they haven't had these top picks lately uh, since the cores really came into the league and the Matthews and Marners and Nylanders, etc. You know who I'm talking about. They've kind of had to build... Um, through the second round of the drafts, uh, their prospect pipeline or undrafted free agents, stuff like that, you know, work around trying to find steals because there's been so many trades with their first round picks uh, in the last few seasons. And right now, this team that we saw in this tournament looked pretty good. They were able to compete with some of the best programs in the National Hockey League, some of the best pipelines. And uh, we're going to get through it all today. So let's start off with game one. The Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Dallas Stars 6-2. This game was a clinic by the Leafs. Uh, after the opening 10 minutes, really, the Leafs were really coming in waves, waves into the offensive zone, uh, really dominating uh, the puck uh, possession for a large part of the second period going into the third. Dallas started getting their feet back into it, but the Toronto Maple Leafs prospects played really well in the opening game. They then fell 8-3 to the Blues. Uh, they were trailing early. They come back. Abruzzese scored a beautiful goal. Um, but unfortunately, they just couldn't put the uh, stop the bleeding. And the Blues went up 8-3, and that was it. Then they lost to the Blue Jackets 3-2 in overtime. That was a close game. I was really impressed with how the Leafs played in that one, too. Columbus has a very, very good pipeline. Um, so it was cool to see the Leafs uh, kind of match up well against a team like Columbus, who definitely has a bright future. Uh, then they they lost. Sorry, they lost to the uh, Detroit Red Wings four one. Now this one wasn't the best, but um, you know I'm happy with some stuff to take away from the last game. I'm gonna get to that in a second. But that that Red Wings game, the scoreline four one, obviously not good. But uh, some of the play, especially from Pontus Holmberg, I was very, very impressed. And I'm going to go more in on him in a bit. But let's start off with the final recap here. The record, the Leafs finished with a 1-2-1 and record at the tournament. Uh, their goals leader uh, was Slagert and uh, Dejargan Chinsev. Their assist leaders uh, were Steves and Holmberg. Their points leader was Alex Steves with four. 
Uh, plus minus uh, was uh, split between Ellis, Gogolev, Miller, and Voigt at plus two. Uh, their shots on goal leader was Pavel Gogolev, again, with 16. Uh, penalty minutes leader was Marshall Refi with 11. Uh, and save percentage uh, pretty easily was Keith Petruzelli. Petruzelli was awesome in this tournament for a large part of it. There was, uh, you know, a couple goals that maybe he would have liked to get back, but he was real solid and he made numerous saves in high danger uh, on high danger opportunities for, um, you know, all the opponents that he played. He played in a couple games here. We definitely saw him the most out of the three goalies, but last year, you know, he was in the coast, the ECHL. He was, I think, the second team all-star announced at the end of the year. He finished with a 927 save percentage for the Newfoundland Growlers. Uh, there was talk about how he struggled in the postseason, um, but you know in this tournament he he looked good, right? We saw him going back to his game. He's a bigger goaltender at six five, and he's still only twenty three years old, which I think is very interesting. He's a very intriguing prospect to me. I expect to see him with the Marlies uh, this season as the backup, since uh, Joseph Wall is still hurt and McKay will be suspended through the beginning of October. Uh, McKay, I can kind of see going down to the coast and starting off with the Growler, so. I'm going to be interested to see how Petruzelli does with the Marlies. I think he's got a ton of potential. Um, I really like the way he plays. Uh, if he can start to get a little bit more aggressive and at the top of his crease, uh, you can have yourself a real, real gem here uh, because just his style of goaltending is uh, very unique and you don't see that much in terms of goalie prospects. We see a lot of safer goalie prospects nowadays, but he was not afraid to make some marvelous saves. Um, and I'm really looking forward to his development and what he can bring to the Leafs moving forward. Um, let's go to Fraser Minton now. A lot of people were asking about him because, you know, obviously the second round pick from this year's draft class, he was put in a pretty good opportunity at the start of this tournament. He was occupying that first line center role on the top line with, I believe it was Robertson and um, who's on the other side. It was Robertson. Sorry, I'll come back to that. Um, but anyways, you know, he, he was good, like it, it good in certain areas. Like there was times throughout the game where he obviously looked better than other parts, which I'm, I'm okay with that. He was just drafted. Obviously his development wasn't going to be, you know, he wasn't going to come here and destroy the tournament, but he was playing on a line. It was Alex Steve. Sorry. I, I can't believe I forgot that. It was Robertson, Minton and Steve's, um, that first game against Dallas, which comes to mind. You know, Minton, he didn't, he wasn't afraid though. I'll give him credit for that. Um, he was definitely, I guess, a, he's still a raw prospect. And that's, you know, it, it's going to take time. I see a lot of criticism on, on him already. I mean, he only had four shots on goal in the four, uh, first four games, sorry. He had a team worst minus five. Like I said, he had some decent moments, but like, um, Given the opportunity, I would have liked to see more production, but still, like he's still a very raw player. I'm still excited to see his development as well. He's got good speed. Um, like I said, I like the way he was. Really, he didn't look outmatched physically, which I was a little bit impressed with. You know, he's not afraid to get in the corners. He was not afraid to, um, you know, get in the dirty areas. It's just it's going to take time. And one thing I think a lot of people are expecting with Fraser Minton is for him to become a superstar or like, you know, project him to be a top player. I kind of see him being a top nine center as his long-term outlook, the way he plays, um, you know, maybe top six. 
Uh, but right now I think if he can be your number three center at some point in his career uh, or eventually your number two center, I think that's a steal. I don't think you're going to see him be a, a top line center, a franchise center. I, I'm, I like his play a lot. I just don't trust it that much, uh, especially in the two-way game and stuff like that. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how he does this year. Like I said, he's still really young. He was. This is the pre like preseason, so you have to give him credit there. Um, it, it's a whole new chapter for his hockey career, and obviously we've seen prospects come to this tournament right away, drafted early in the first round, and they don't show up, and they still have great NHL careers, right? So this tournament you got to take with a grain of salt no matter what. And that comes for the negatives and the positives. We're going to get more to the positives as we get to the end of this episode. It's a little bit of a shorter one, uh, just recapping the tournament. But, you know, I was still satisfied with Minton. You know, I, I, I was expecting him to look a little bit mismatched, especially physically, but he didn't. You know, he held his own, and, you know, obviously uh, the Leafs were expecting more, giving him that first-line center role that they eventually gave to Pontus Holmberg, who I thought had an amazing tournament. Um, if you really, really watch uh, the film, if you go back and relook, it's tough to notice the stuff Pontus Holmberg did watching in real time. But if you watch and you break it down, he does the little things right. And uh, so I'm excited to talk about him. But just to finish off with Minton, he's okay. He's going to still be a good prospect. I don't want to see any more panicking on my Twitter timeline about, oh, this was a Dubas bust. It is not. It is just his first rookie tournament. Relax. Um, We'll see how he does this season, and we'll go from there um, on that. But let's start with Nick Robertson. And Nick Robertson obviously is the, I guess, face of the Maple Leafs prospects here in Toronto. There's a lot of talk about his opportunity that's potentially going to come this year. Is he finally going to break out? There's been a lot of frustration built up on Robertson because we know he comes into the league in the playoff series against Columbus, does real well. He is expected to be a top-end prospect. And, you know, he's gone cracks at the NHL, you know, here and there, but has never been able to fully sustain that spot. And, um, you know, I was talking to uh, my friend um, from Offside Hockey Talk, James, And he said this, I'm going to read this out to you. This is uh, on his Twitter. He's like, you want to see him look out of place here. And I mean that in a good way because he should look a step better than others here if he is serious about making the Leafs. And I really liked this from James because it is true. You want to see him look different. This year, he's potentially going to get a shot in the top six on that left wing side of John Tavares and whoever they put on the right side of Tavares. This is a big a big spot for him. This Leafs team, the way it's currently constructed, has a lot of good two-way forwards. The bottom six, I think, is an upgrade from last year's team. But the one thing I am worried about is it's very, very defensive and two-way base. And I'm kind of wondering where the production is going to come offensively because, um, you know, we lost a guy like Ilya Mikheyev. And Cal Yarncroft, I think, is very underrated offensively. If you go back to his little stint with the Nashville Predators, that little stint where he just went off off on his points per game eclipse there uh, I think it was in the 2020 season um, he can certainly catch fire and when he's able to explore the offensive zone a little bit more I think you can really find some untapped potential with him but I'm still a little bit nervous with Zach Aston Reese I love that move that was a guy I was talking about all off season. if you listen to this podcast Aston Reese not afraid to get in the corners and take the puck back 
really good in the puck possession game. Uh, he's going to bring a lot of good to this Maple Leafs team. He can shut down some of the best forwards in the league. You put him with on a line with David Camp. That line should be able to shut down the best of the best. And I'm really excited about that move. Um, but like I said, we're losing a little bit of the offensive production. And when you do that, you're really relying on guys like Austin Matthews and the core to perform uh, to at least what they did last year, if not more, now that you lost some of that goal-scoring ability from the bottom six. But, you know, Robertson, one thing about him is I really like his speed, right? Like, he has good foot speed. I, I'm just concerned about his finishing. Like, you know, we saw him, I think it was in the first game against the Dallas Stars, where, you know, he comes streaking into the zone, and he has a clear shooting lane, and he just fires it right at the chest of the Stars goaltender. You know, stuff like that. Obviously, you don't want to see. He had a lot of high-danger opportunities. He just couldn't finish. He did score a goal, though, so credit to him. But, you know, I I'm, I want to see a little bit more improvement in the finishing aspect of things. But I would not be afraid to put him on a line with Tavares if he does crack the team. Because, you know, we all talk about Tavares, and there's a lot of hate coming from outside uh, the Leafs fan base that, you know, his foot speed's too slow and this and that, and he, he should be moved from center. He should be placed on the wing. I still think John Tavares is a very good centerman. You know, obviously he's elite at faceoffs, if not the best in the league at this point after last season, how dominant he was. Um, but, you know, I think Robertson, you add him on that line. I think Robertson, you know, you see the good he does in the two-way game with his ability to get back and how he's able to, you know, kind of you like make up for Tavares' lack of uh, foot speed. So I think it kind of matches up well with each other. I think Tavares also works well with uh, grinders kind of on his line. You know, guys are not afraid to get in the corners to create space for him. Uh, tight and easy little spaces. Tavares is really good at, right? Like those quick um, in front of the net areas. I think Robertson, you know, down low with that speed for Tavares to kind of just play um, a simpler game. I think you can see very good production out of those two. And even if you wanted to throw a yarn crock on that right side, I think that line is, you know, very, very underrated in terms of ceiling i think like i said if you go back and watch yarn croaks um hot like eclipse there in 2020 with the nashville predators i think you'll be impressed with that and uh tavares's ability to just get the puck on net you know his ability in front of the net too uh with robertson kind of around the outside i think that line could have some serious serious potential but you know robertson i, I want to see more now that we're going into main camp tomorrow i want to see if he is going to really show us what he's worth. Uh, one thing about him, I will give him, is his brother did come along slowly. You know, Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars, very, very good hockey player. So fun to watch. 40-goal scorer. Uh, he's going to be, you know, a very, very elite player for years to come. And he came along a lot later in his career and um, plays a different game than Nick in a lot of ways. You know, he's more of a, a shooting uh, pucks on net kind of guy. Uh, but still, his brother came along a little bit slower than most prospects, so I don't think there's too much um, panic here from my perspective. But I do want to see Robertson take advantage of this opportunity because we are getting to the point now where is it going to happen and the what-ifs, right? Like, if he doesn't make the team out of camp, I, I'm hitting the red flag. I, I'm panicking like crazy, uh, even though it's kind of going against what I just said. But, you know, he's getting every single shot to make this team and for some reason something happens and it sets it back either he's losing his opportunity to his peers or um you know he's just not maintaining the effort to stay on the nhl roster and 
you know, it's tough to grade a player like Nick because, like I said, you know, his brother came along a lot later on. And, you know, obviously he's still very young. Um, but he had, like, for me, he has to make it uh, out of camp. So going on at the Steves now, you know, Alex Steves is a very, very intriguing player, in my opinion. You know, we saw how much um, high, high praise he got from lease management, you know, Haley Wickenizer and uh, what she was saying uh, about his. Um, you know, development uh, with the Leaf system. And, you know, he's very, very gritty in the aspect where he's not afraid to get into the small spaces. Um, he uses his size well. He does really well in the corners. I love his play in the corners. I think he does a very good job there. They've really developed his skating from when he first signed with the Leafs. Um, you know, his playmaking ability, I think, is extremely underrated. You know, like I said, he finished with the most points. Uh, on this Leafs uh, rookie team in this tournament with four. And he also finished uh, tied for first in assists with three. So, you know, he's extremely um, versatile. You can put him on both sides. Uh, and if he can just keep this offensive pace going into camp, he might be an intriguing player to fight with Zach Aston Reese for that bottom six spot. You know, obviously there's going to be a, a huge battle for that with Wayne Simmons, Kyle Clifford. Um, Pierre Engvall's out with an injury, which I'm going to get to in a bit. Uh, but, you know, there's going to be a ton of competition uh, in that bottom six. And I'm obviously rooting a little bit more for guys that have offensive upside. Obviously, with Zach Aston Reese, we know we're probably not going to see that. Wayne Simmons, I think, is past his offensive upside. Uh, Kyle Clifford, I'm not going to count on him for offensive upside. Uh, they did move on from Spezza. He's now with management. So, you know, I'm looking for guys that can put the puck in the back of the net at any certain point in the game. And, I think, you know, goal scoring throughout your offensive lineup um, is crucial uh, to success. And if the Leafs want to replicate how many points they had last year in the regular season, I think you're going to need goal scoring from your first line to your fourth line. Um, but, Steve's, I, I like what I saw for the most part. There were some areas where, you know, you would like to see, uh, you know, other stuff go his way. But I think Steve's is on the right direction. And I think even if he doesn't make the team right away out of camp, I think you'll still see him with the Leafs at some point this season. Uh, with injuries going on to uh, Curtis Douglas now this is a, a big name here in the least fan base obviously you know there's a lot of people that love his size and that's the first thing uh, everyone talks about when talking about Curtis Douglas and he is a very very uh, tall player one thing about him though is you know he did score um, quick wrist shot at the top of the circle in the game against the Red Wing or sorry game against the Stars and uh, you know I, I like him he's very physical he's not afraid to drop the gloves which is what you like to see, especially out of a guy with his, his, his with his height. Sorry, um, but one thing about him is he's still. I don't know if his skating and his speed is still up to the NHL level. Um, we saw it even in the rookie tournament. There's times where you know he was looking mismatched speed wise. But one thing he is good at is he is good at taking up space and you know creating more room for uh, the the niftier wingers uh, among the outside to kind of create more options. And you know I don't think that. He's a player that's going to make it right out of camp this year, but he is a player that I'm going to monitor uh, these next couple off seasons because I think once he can fully develop, I still think he's raw, especially in the skating aspect of things. But once he can finally find his footing, I think this is a very, very intriguing talent, especially in your bottom six. I think he could be your fourth line center for a long time if he can just fully develop. I still think he's a little bit raw, but love the size and I love the grit and I'm really hoping to see him in the future. Uh, now let's go to Pontus Holmberg. 
this was a name. I don't know if you guys remember listening to this, but if you go back and listen to uh, one of Kyle Dubas's interviews, I think it was his exit interview after the Leafs lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning in round one, he said that he expects Pontus Holberg to challenge for a spot uh, with the Maple Leafs next season. Um, so Holmberg, you know, was a name that I was watching heavily uh, in this rookie tournament. And I got to say, I, I'm, I'm impressed. I am impressed with the little things he did. And, you know, I said that earlier on this episode. But, you know, if you look, I think it was uh, Derrick Chinsev's second goal, right, where the puck, um, it was a turnover, goes right in front of the net, and uh, he puts it five hole um, after. After I th- one of the Stars defensemen fell over and, and Puck went right into the slot. He finishes that one. Um, you know, that play doesn't happen if Holmberg isn't pressing as hard as he was, right? And I'm pretty sure with Holmberg is, you know, I don't think he's going to blow you off the charts with the offensive numbers, especially the goals category. But the way he's able to kind of get in the small spaces is something I really, really look at. Because in today's NHL, you know, it's, a lot of goals are scored off tips and deflections. Goalies are getting better every single season. Um, and, you know, the game's getting a little bit more physical again. So, you know, his goal against the Red Wings was something that I I really took away from that in a positive aspect was because he was able to beat out the defenseman in front of the net that was boxing him out. And he got just a tip on it um, and, you know, went top corner, obviously. If you can do that in training camp, I, in, in preseason games, I guarantee you he's going to find a spot on this roster because those are NHL quality goals. And I get he was playing against you know some younger talent, uh, some fresh drafted talent as well. But you know he's still a player that I'm looking forward to seeing um, in camp this like this time period now, and what he can build off of this. Right? You know, like I said, he's still um, I, I, in terms of his ability. I, I think I, I think he's probably the most or the second most progressed um, rookie that played in this tournament after Robertson. I think Abruzizi could still use some work with the Marlies to start the season, although I really liked him coming along at the end of the year. I thought he looked real, real sharp. Um, And same with uh, Alex Steves. But I I think Holmberg, he showed you a lot of good. You have more offensive upside in his passing ability. Um, You know, he's... Not the tallest guy, but he's really, really solid. And for the NHL level, I think he looks ready to go. Um, I'm excited to see what he can bring. Uh, Obviously, our friend uh, on Twitter, Marty Zilstra, uh, tweeted out that Pontus Holberg is a hockey player. And, you know, I love that tweet um, because it's true. Like, he is a very, very fascinating talent. Because he does a lot of the workhorse category stuff. You know, when we talk about your bottom six, you want guys that are workhorses. You want players that are not afraid to go at their absolute highest at any point they're on the ice. And, you know, he plays a very high-octane game, uh, loves to go hard on the forecheck. And I'm excited to see him. I think he is uh, a very, very, very sneaky dark horse, along with our friend uh, Marty Zilstra, who said the same thing. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited. I really am. Training camp starts tomorrow. Uh, so let's just finish off here with Dargan Chinsev now. Dargan Chinsev, you know, I, I talked about the Holmberg goal. Um, you know, how he, he gave it to him in the slide off that turnover with Holmberg's pressing. But Dargan Chinsev, a player I got to watch a ton in the OHL, um, you know, 
he he's a player that I expected to come out with more of a bang when he was drafted by the Leafs. Um, obviously, you know, given where I live, the OHL uh, is the league, the closest league to uh, watch, you know, high junior level hockey. So in my time to seeing him both in person and on television is uh, he's very quick. Um, I, I like his finishing upside. There's a lot of good there. Uh, I see a lot of one, my favorite stuff about Dergan Chinsev in this tournament was he was making the simple reads, right? Like, you know, he was cycling the puck instead of forcing it where I felt like Robertson and Abruzzi kind of overdid it a little bit in certain areas. Um, you know, Robertson had that turnover to start off the tournament, which wasn't good, uh, for the Dallas stars. Um, but you know, I, I thought he made the small things, uh, you know, into, I thought he took small things and made them into high danger chances, uh, he wasn't afraid to put the puck on net when needed to. Obviously, Gogolev, uh, a surprise, uh, in my opinion. You know, he struggled a little bit last year, went to the coast in the ECHL. Um, he looked good in this tournament. I love his shooting ability. That There's some serious upside with him, uh, so I'm not out on him yet either. But just with Derek and Chinsev, I would love to see him get a shot this year. You know, kind of like what we saw with Abru Zizi, right? If injuries happen as the season goes along, give him a crack. Uh, in the bottom six, I, I think Dergan Shinsev, his speed and his finishing ability, um, I think he's almost ready to play in the NHL. And obviously, we have serious forward depth uh, with this Maple Leafs roster, so maybe he's a trade bait piece. Um, but I love his play, and you know, he gives you the ability to play in the inside as well. He could play center. He played it uh, in his minor hockey uh, in his junior hockey stage with uh, the Peterborough Pete. So. You know, I, I'm excited to see uh, Dergan Chinsev and what he could bring to the team overall and for the long term. And uh, I think that is it from the wrap-up at the Prospect Tournament in Traverse. I am your host, as always, Joshua and Selma, and I want to say thank you guys for listening to today's episode. We will be back tomorrow to kick off training camp as we run through the latest on injuries, news, and all more to come on your Toronto Maple Leafs. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. I know what I see.